My name is Russ Shaw. Just gonna stand there and watch me burn. Well, that's alright because I like the way it hurts. Just gonna, just gonna, gonna, just gonna stand there and hear me cry. Well, that's alright because I love the way you lie. I love the way you lie. ASI 105. I can't tell you what it really is. I can only tell you what it feels like. And right now, it's a steel knife in my windpipe. I can't breathe, but I still fight. While I can fight, as long as the wrong feels right, it's like I'm in flight. High off a of love, drunk from my hate. It's like I'm huffing pain. I love her the more I suffer. I suffocate. And right before I'm about to drown, she resuscitates me. She freaking hates me. And I love it. Wait, where you going? I'm leaving you. No, you ain't come back. We're running right. Welcome to ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. This is episode 105, gearing up for the seventh commandment, the big one, thou shalt not commit adultery. The last few shows on the sixth commandment, the war metaphor, I'm going to be kind of re-going through some of that and setting up some of that for the next episode. Just wanted to make a few announcements as to what's going on in the next series of shows. I'm going to be talking about and hammering a lot of uh, sexual ethics in the 21st century and what that entails, what that looks like realistically from the standpoint of of our culture, um, from the standpoint of building culture and where we're at um, in in the Western English-speaking world. Um, A lot of listeners here in the United States, a lot of listeners in uh, Australia, the UK, um, even listeners in English-speaking Africa. I got an email from a listener this morning from from Africa. Um, But what... So I'm talking and and communicating with a lot of different cultures, and I wanted to speak to a lot of American culture, some British culture... Uh, email me if you're from Australia and, and tell me, let me know how this is hitting you. Um, straighten me out if you feel like I need to be straightened out on some things. Um, I welcome that. My, my email is russ at asi247.org. Uh, that song that you heard led into this is uh, from Eminem and Rihanna. I love that song. That song has sat at the top of the charts, billboard charts here in the United States for a, a number of weeks. Um, it, it, it is a anthem and a heart cry of a, a, a jacked up culture when it comes to she- sexual sexual ethics. Right? Mix up my words there. I want to speak to that. That song is a great... Some of the words that song... that. The song itself is hits so many people on a heart level in the culture because that's a lot of where we're at, and that's what I'm going to speak to in some of these shows, but really focusing on what has happened, where we're at, how did we get here ethically. 
so when I say culture, it's not just these huge cultures like the English speaking world. I say that that's macro culture, but there's also micro culture, which is you as a leader under your roof. Okay. And I'm speaking to a lot of different people here, uh, a lot of different folks listening, but, uh, that's the truth. We are the heads of the culture, especially you men, um, single moms, my, my heart goes out to you. Uh, but men, especially being, I mean, that's just how it is sociologically. If you look at a family, it hinges on the guy, whether the guy's got his act together or not, the kids and people, we follow daddy. It's just kind of the way things are wired. So I want you to hear me in changing culture in your home and, and influencing hearts and minds. Um, that's your legacy, right? That's part of your legacy. And influencing hearts and minds doesn't mean you're cool in the macro culture. Surface cool is skin deep and what's cool today is old and dull and stale tomorrow. So I hope you can see the, the perception of that, the perception span in, in culture. And part of this um, is, it's that I'm, uh, it's fi- five years now, okay, uh, October 2010 is, is five years of me being uh, clean from sexual addiction, um, a really deep, dark, had its hooks in me very, very deeply. Um, all of that is, is my, my credentials are that I've, I've wrecked and ruined and, and destroyed everything. And Jesus is my redeemer. He has blessed me well over what I can, I deserve. So it almost brings me to tears to think about where I've come from. Sexual addiction, very stubborn, very powerful hold and grip this thing had on my life, trying to stop for years with no avail, trying to fight this thing on my own, did not work, and it it had its hooks in me, (laughs) five years clean, and it's good to be alive, and really the, my savior of that is is Jesus Christ, my story isn't the same as yours, Um, we, I'm a different person than you are. Hopefully, uh, you listen, I don't know, for encouragement or influence, but really, if there's anything that I can say is to point you to, to Jesus Christ, who is, um, a way better savior than sex, better savior than psychology and, and religion, and it's a way better savior than, than all of that stuff. I mean, at the roots of addiction, some of it is really we're just looking to save for a savior. We're, we're looking for something to, to save us. Now help me be, you know. Um, humbles me to do this series of shows and to talk about sexual ethics with this uh, this platform. So that's... Uh, that's me, man. That's that's part of my story. This show, 105 episodes, my story. What are the difference between ethics and morals? Morals are your values 
as a person, as an individual, right? You make individual decisions and, and moral judgments. Um, step four in the 12 steps is uh, take a moral inventory, right? So morality is based on what you do. It's a personal thing. It's your personal value system. Um, the word family values has been real big, especially in the late part of the 20th century. Um, a lot of Christians, a lot of churches have picked this up, and uh, th those words are actually from the atheist philosopher Nietzsche. So, uh, yes, it's good to have family values, it's good to have your own personal moral values, but what does that look like in the culture? That's where the word ethics comes in. Ethics are how your values and your morality um, work in in working with other people, right? I don't want that, that word. Um, social psychology. So, social psychologists or sociologists uh, are into the, um, the study of not just sociology, but ethics and how do, does uh, conformity work in a culture? How is culture made, culture built? And uh, I want to talk about some of that, going through some of that, and how did we get here? What does the Bible have to do, a book that was written thousands of years ago, have to do with uh, ethics in the 21st century? And I will be talking about some of the uh, problems with the church, um, people's issue with religion and hypocrisy, and uh, I pray that you'll stick with me on that. I pray that this will uh, impact some hearts and minds get some people to do their own crit critical reasoning in their own hearts and minds to find out um, where their, what their definition of truth is. I think that we have a lot of uh, a lot of technology and a lot of information and a lot of messages that we're hit with every single day that have uh, deteriorated our attention span. But more than that, I think a, a symptom of that, that's underneath that, the heart condition of a deteriorated attention span is a deteriorated perception span. And I'm going to talk about that as well. That our perceptions of how we perceive the world, what our definitions of truth are, have become shallow enough to erode um, what it means to build culture. And really, a, a short perception span is not being able to see or discern past, you know, our behavior, right? Like, through our shoulds and ought tos, right to our motives. I love that proverb, Proverbs 21, that says that God sees through the surface right to our hearts, right to the motivations of, of why we do the things we do. So that's perception span, that we could see through the, the surface layers and the superficiality and the, the level two just psychology right down to the core of what are we motivated by? What are our neighbors motivated by? What are our friends motivated by? But really, honestly, the only one we can really discern is what we are motivated by, if we're honest. And that may take some time for you to get that honest with yourself to even know what you're motivated by. Those lyrics in that song, I love that, that rap. He starts out with the 
the lyrics. I, I can't tell you what it really is. I can only tell you what it feels like. It's a great example of that uh, perception span, short perception span that we have. It's addictive having a short perception span. And part of our culture that drives this short perception span is just the the lack of, of depth, right? When you remove um, theology from psychology, what happens is, is we, we get away from what is driving us. What are we motivated by? The fact that desire is changing us. Over time, what we desire, what we chase is changing and shaping who we are and who we're going to become. Um, so that's what I mean by short perception span. Some examples of this are, are, you know, you look at a magazine rack anymore and there's every magazine, women's magazine, you know, all these different magazines that, not just women's magazines, but news magazines, they all have something on, on sexual technique or, you know, some way to spice things up in the bedroom or ways to make, you know, your sex life better. But there's no depth to it, right? It's just about technique. It's just about surface stuff that you can do. But if you just keep driving with this, you know, if I can just, you know, kind of like the Olympics. Or like some of the Eastern philosophy would say about martial arts, you know. If you can discipline yourself to really be able to get into the gym, right? Treating your bedroom like some kind of a dojo. And, and being able to really be disciplined enough to hammer down orgasms, then everything will be fine in your life. And if we really think about that, it's not even realistic. But the best orgasms are when you're connected with a person, looking in their eyes and, and feeling the fact that they love you and want you near them. And want you to be with them for the rest of your life. Your, your mark on this world is who you love, what you love, and what desire is, is, is inside you and how that's going to catch flame and and leave a ripple effect that will be the rest of your life. So, um, yes, not just theology. I'm talking about the, the inspiration of doing these shows by Dr. John Frame, who taught at the uh, Reformed Theological Seminary series of, sh- of uh, shows, series of lectures, um, on pastoral and social ethics and uh, did a great series of lectures on the Ten Commandments. Um, so Dr. John Frame influencing me there. Sociology um, by Rob Willer, who talks a lot about uh, this second level, I call it, that is important about sociology. Um, Rob Willer is a friend on Facebook. Uh, we, we would disagree on a lot of things. But at the same time, um, I, I love this guy. I love his attitude. I love his passion. And uh, uh, Berkeley, California, um, these lectures I listened to by, by Professor Rob Willer, who is, uh, this is cutting edge, uh, 2009 uh, sociology, award-winning uh, nationwide awards for sociology here in the United States at Berkeley University. So I'll be talking about um, some sociology, some theology, some psychology, and uh, to really point to what is, what are sexual ethics. And through my story, as someone who has ruined everything, um, how, how did I get to where I was and 
how did we as a culture get to where we are? I wanted to do a little bit of a, uh, a biblical review of this series of shows and the Ten Commandments through the book of Romans, from Romans 1 um, up till I believe I would be somewhere in Romans 3 about now on the seventh commandment and what I'm trying to communicate here. So yeah, Romans 1 through 3, I don't want to take little verses out of context and throw them at you. I want you to read all three chapters. I <laughs> Just read the whole chapter. Um, I'm not a kind of little individual verse guy. I do that sometimes, but you know, uh, explaining deeper truths is really to get the context of what's said in the Bible. I think it's important to read, to read it. Read the whole chapter. Um, but Romans 1, talking about how we've um, exchanged the truth for a lie, and, and believing lies is, is the biggest, big part of why we're stuck. Um, Romans 2, talking about how uh, it, it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance, that the Apostle Paul is going to hammer religious people relentlessly in which he was one of them. And through the book of, of Romans, he's going to talk about the Old Testament law, and he's going to touch on the fact that, yeah, there are rewards for being a good person. There are rewards for being, right, a varsity player. We see greatness and glory, and part of us wants to emulate that because it, it, it right, it, it affects our heart. I want to be like someone who's got that, Right? I want to be like that guy who's who's showing his glory. One of the taglines for the Seattle Seahawks, our local football team, um, is and, and when I say football, I'm not talking about soccer. <laughs> Just so I know I'm talking to a worldwide audience. I don't want to get confused. American football is is different. What you call football, we call soccer. So. It's something different altogether. Um, it's kind of a gladiator sport here in America where um, huge uh, men pummel each other every Sunday and uh, try and get a ball across the field, which is awesome. But uh, one of the taglines for the Seattle Seahawks right now is earn everything. And we see that, those two words, and it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, especially us men, you know, something rises up in us. Earn everything. That's right. So that's part of the law. So Romans 2 is going to touch on that, that, yeah, there is glory and there is uh, beauty and there is honor in obeying the Ten Commandments, on being obedient. And then Romans 3 is going to roll into what does that look like in loving your neighbor and your brother in the church, in, in Christ, outsiders and insiders, so to speak. And he's going to talk about the difference in, in Romans 3 between Jews and Gentiles. Um, this concept is not just a racial concept, especially in 2010, where the new Gentile is like that Eminem song I played at the beginning of the show. They just don't understand that that is part of, and, and, you know, and, and we all go there. Like, I've gone there. That, that whole having that attitude that Eminem has in that song and that Rihanna has in her part of that song, which is, uh, you know, just going to stand there and watch me burn. That's okay because I like the way it hurts. We've just grown into believing that this is just the way things are and this is how I live because this is all I know. 
And I'd rather feel pain than nothing at all. I mean, there's that's part of it too. That part of Romans 3 is that we see the culture and that these are like the new Gentiles, right? And the Christians in, in our culture stand over there pointing the finger at artists like Eminem and, and saying, oh, garbage in, garbage out, you know, we need to distance ourselves from that. No, that is sinfully religious and self-righteous and unloving, honestly. So that's the new the new Gentiles, right? This sexual culture that um, the sexual ethics that are out there is just what people have grown up with. I lived with my wife before we got married. All right, um, I want you to do these things: get married and and fall in love and be in community and have authority and and have premarital counseling and to do these things because they're important because it, it, it'll work out better in the long run for you that you will earn a certain amount of glory that that's not just cold religion that is not signing up for lighting your life on fire and having all this pain right and so Romans 3 is also going to he's going to touch on the fact that no one is seeking for God in Romans 3 we're all bad guys. Pastor Mark at Mars Hill Church, he says, you know, everybody's wearing a black hat. And Jesus is the only one with the white hat. We, no one seeks for God. Everyone has got evil in them. The devil inside. And as we strive for righteousness, and as we lean into Jesus, and as he cleanses our heart, we live differently. We see things differently. We, we're not screaming in pain that is self-inflicted because of the, the lies that we've believed and signed up for. So in the end of Romans 3, he's going to go into, um, we are justified by faith in Jesus Christ alone and not by works of the law. You know, and he kind of says the same thing in Ephesians, not by works of the law, so no one may boast. Um, Ephesians two. In the last show, I talked about um, contempt before conversion, and me having the to deal with the the distrust I had in the church, because I didn't, I don't trust church people. Give me a break. Look around. I had to deal with that contempt. I had to work through that. Because people are broken and people are messed up and no one... And that's part of Romans 3, right? No one is seeking for God. No one is righteous. We're like open graves spewing out hate. We have feet that are quick to shed blood. I mean, that's part of our nature, man. We're born afflicted. I want one of those t-shirts. I see people wearing those. Those are cool. Anyway, afflicted. Uh, truth. The, the, this is all, right? This all culminates on, on the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. God in human flesh coming into his own creation as a missionary in the culture, hanging out with the M&M's, the Rihanna's of the world, and not 
you know, condemning them and pointing the finger at them and becoming a Pharisee and distancing himself from them. He got in it with them. He got in it with the the, the M&Ms crying out for, man, I can't tell you what it really is. I can just tell you what it feels like because that's all I know. Man, what is our attitude towards the culture, Christians? I'm sick and tired of some of the garbage I hear on Christian radio. It makes me ill and sick to my stomach. This self-righteous religion that's out there. So that lights me up, okay? I'm sorry about that. Read the book of Romans. Read the book of Galatians. And repent of your religion. Christians. And I put that in quotes. Because I think for a lot of you, you really don't know what that means. And I love you when I say that. And I do believe you're my brothers and sisters in Christ. But, man, you need to repent of your cold, self-righteous unloving religion and your attitude towards the culture. Because if you have this garbage in, garbage out philosophy, that just breeds self-righteousness. It breeds faking. And if you read the tail end of, of Romans 2, man, we we perform for an audience of one. Not that we would look cool to others, that, that man would shine his happy glory fluffiness on us that feels good man it does feel good I get that doing this show I got a lot of warm fuzzies from from emails that came in and yeah that I, I appreciate that I appreciate the encouragement but encouragement a good thing can become a God thing and I start thinking that I'm some kind of a authority right that I am a religious person I, I had to repent of my own religion so don't think that I'm, you know, trying to beat you up with truth when I say that. I love you and I want to see you free and I want to see your church grow. So, yeah, my, my friends in the church that are listening, it, it, you know, you're fake and if you're hearing my voice, you're probably addicted to porn. I mean, you have people in your church that are addicted to porn and what is your... Um, attitude towards sexual ethics in your church. In your membership um, document, when people want to become a member of your church, what does it look like to be uh, a member of your church? Do you have sexual ethics in your membership plan? Do you even have it? Or is it kind of shallow? I mean, this is important. There needs to be a separation between people who are blood-bought Christians in the church and the outsiders. There needs to be people who have to be removed from the church okay, for their behavior, for their attitudes towards the flock, right? The, the, the wolves who would feed on sheep. Matt Chandler talked about this and it, it reflected, I was hearing, listening to uh some of the stuff that he was talking about and I was reflecting back on an email I got about a year or two into doing the show and uh, this woman writes in that her husband was a, a porn addict for many years she tried to get help, went to the church the church kind of ignored her because he was a bigwig and had money gave lots of money to the church so just kind of ignored him and, and uh, eventually she moved out 
and they were calling her a nag and making her the enemy. He gets a girlfriend, starts showing up to church with his girlfriend while they're separated, trying to reconcile their relationship, so to speak. She's in counseling. This guy's doing whatever he wants, and she is becomes the bad guy when they come in for the counseling sessions, how she needs to, you know, forgive him, and she needs to, um, you know, be more grace and be more like Jesus. No! Absolutely not! That is disgusting. That man needs to be removed. And if he will not repent from having a freaking girlfriend or getting help for his porn addiction, if he's not willing to get help, if he's not willing to dump his girlfriend and love his wife, who he's in covenant relationship with, that man needs to be removed from the church. Yes, removed. Matt Chandler, the Village Church in Texas, actually, man, they'll put up a person on the screen and say, don't talk to this person. Don't engage this person. This person is a wolf. You don't come to church with your wife and your kids on one side of the church and you're while you sit next to your girlfriend on the other. That's unrepentant sexual sin. And it needs to be called out. And for a person who's a member of a church, who's a blood-bought Christian, it is not acceptable. You're, you're, You're flamboyantly unrepentant and you don't care about the Bible and you have no fear of God. Well, that sounds mean, Russ, to put a a guy's face on the screen like that. That sounds just mean. Well, listen, um, people who lead and people who teach are treated differently than the rest of the people, like, in the church. Members, right? Um, First of all, there's that. Second of all, Matthew 18. Um, This is after making every effort to lovingly talk to this person and try and get them to see themselves, see the ripple effect that they're going to leave, see part of their legacy, especially if they have kids. You know what? And even if they're grown up, especially if they have kids, if they have a family, if they're showing some kind of, um, they're they're leading, right? That's that microculture. And if this man will not turn from what he's doing and try and trust God that his relationship will be reconciled, then yeah, he's he's out. He's out of Christian community. Early in the show I said that, you know, we, we shouldn't fire people who have been um, exposed for having porn on their computer, for example, or even having an affair, but that is within the, the context of repentance. Is that guy repentant? And if he is, don't fire him. Help make him start a recovery program. Look into Celebrate Recovery. Look into redemption groups and make that guy in charge of that. But the Bible also says that that means to treat him like an outsider. What does that mean? That means you're still lovingly pursuing him. Because God is. God's lovingly pursuing that guy and teaching him and talking to him about the good news, the gospel, and how it will save him and not his 20-year-old girlfriend. Just because she's hot. It's that sick, superficial part of our culture that says, you know, if she doesn't get your dick hard anymore, maybe you need a new one. And wealthy men in our culture learn that doctrine. 
It's disgusting. But people follow it religiously. And it's sick, and it's causing destruction and horrible heartbreak in this world. Because people think that's their heaven. Men, especially. Successful 50-year-old men. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, how what would the sexual ethics look like in your church if you're a Christian? Some of you, this contempt rises up in you. People that are unchurched, and that's probably the bulk of most of you listening, from gauging from emails lately, unchurched people who just look at the church and go, "Ew, man, it's nasty." Not all churches honor. There's some out there that have good biblical doctrine and and won't stand for this wimpy, mushy. Jesus loves everybody, you know. Taking the sword of Revelation, as Pastor Mark said, and, and replacing it with a daisy. That's not Jesus. That's some self-help guru in a white gown. Another example of this uh, short-term, right, this short perception span. I will get that. I will. Uh, I'll, it'll just roll off my tongue sooner or later. Uh, but another example of this short perception span is um, going back to the fifth commandment is authority, right? Like we we have a problem with authority. Like there's some governing authorities or there's hypocrisy in government or there's hypocrisy in the church. So we just throw authority out altogether. It all becomes about what I think. Um, Matt Chandler, uh, pastor down in Texas, the Village Church. Um, if you want to download those podcasts, he's doing a a series of sermons on ultimate authority, which I think is great and has everything to do with the fifth commandment, um, which is going back to honoring your mother and father. But the, the what's birthed out of that is is honoring and trusting authority. Uh, but see, part of our Again, part of our short-term, our, our short perception span is that we'll just throw out authority altogether because we want to be rebels and we want to be in charge. And part of it, in, and Matt Chandler touches on this, is this enlightenment kind of thinking. Growing up in the enlightenment age where we believe that we are the, the masters of our universe. And some of this goes to philosophy. You know, philosophers like Kant or whatever his name is, Kant, I, I, I don't know. But anyway, he says, uh, I think, therefore I am. And a lot of philosophers have taken that and ran with it and to further superficialize how we think. Um, the series of lectures I listened to at uh, Berkeley, taught by this uh, Rob Willer, who uh, I love this guy, a great entertaining type of professor, someone who can keep me awake. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> iTunes U. All this stuff is online for free. Um, Rob Willer's lectures at Berkeley and uh, Dr. John Frames, I believe, are still up at, at Reformed Theological Seminary or RTS.org on iTunes for free. iTunes U. Um, but getting back to what Rob Willer touched on is, is social psychology gets away from that kind of thinking where you know, Kant says, I think, therefore I am. Well... The point of, of sociology is 
as a child of the Enlightenment myself, busting out of that social norm, because we tend to do that. We tend to obey social norms. Whatever's normative, whatever we see to be normative becomes comfortable and we gravitate towards obeying that norm. It's just the way things are. That's why I tell my addict friends and some of my, you know, my slack-jawed rock and roll or rap you know, culture type of angry folks. Like, don't tell me to obey. I don't obey nobody. I'm independent. No, you're not. No, you're not. You obey some kind of a social norm that you have uh, gravitated towards that you find comfortable in your life. That's what makes addiction. We gravitate towards a chemical or a behavior that lights up chemicals inside of our brain and makes us feel like everything's going to be okay, even if it's for a long time. And even if it's for the sacrifice of what's going to happen and the consequences of that in the future, sadly, pain, right? I like the way it hurts. It's, it's, it's sad, but those are the social norms that are out there. And it's like Pastor Rick said, um, Eminem and his fans, Rihanna and Chris Brown and their fans, they're not, they're, they're not the enemy, they're the battlefield. Um, the fundraiser for Bamboo, uh, maybe that was cheesy. I don't know. I probably screwed that up. It's kind of stupid. I hate being like a salesman. Um, but yeah. Nobody has bid on the, the bamboo on the website. So if you wanted to, to do that, you could be the first to uh, bid on the bamboo at ASI247.org. There's a picture of me, a really goofy picture of me holding a, a bamboo plant. And behind me is this massive bamboo plant that that little bamboo has grown into. Um, I did the metaphor of growing in repentance, growing in integrity, uh, growing in sanctification. And that, that it, it took a while for that bamboo behind me to get that big, right? This doesn't happen overnight. It may take some time. Um, but, again, maybe that's a goofy way of raising funds. I'm just trying to think of creative ways to um, get the money that this thing needs to get off the ground in order to get this message out there. Uh, ASI has become, uh, as this is recorded on October uh, 18th, 2010 is number one again in addiction under keyword addiction if you search uh, if you go to iTunes on your iPhone or your iPod or your computer and you uh, put in addiction as a keyword um, attitudes of sexual integrity is now in the number one slot hasn't been there for a a few years and there is a lot more podcasts um, on the on the subject of addiction and sexual addiction and uh, I'm not saying that to brag I'm telling you that because this is the responsibility that is on my shoulders uh, to get this message out to do it responsibly and to um, be honest I've thought about having uh, CDs built for this um, series of shows some CDs made to hand out at Christian bookstores or to sell them for a dollar, I don't know, in order to cover the cost. I don't want to make money off this. I do want to get this message out there, especially in the church where there is so much corruption and people not really understanding who Jesus is and what he came to do. 
um, there's just too much religion in the Christian church, and I wanted to get this message out there as well to to the church. Uh, so part of my fundraising is, is that. I wanted to get like hard copy CDs to either just give away or give away very, very inexpensively in order to cover costs uh, of the Seventh Commandment. Um, I'm going to be doing independent bands in the Seventh Commandment, stuff off of... Uh, musicalley.com um, a lot of independent bands that put their music up there so that people can uh, use it in podcasts and it's pod safe music uh, I don't want to use yes I'm always pointing back to the website asi247.org click on the music tab and you can download and buy the music you can buy the songs in their entirety if you want to hear the whole track um, from iTunes or Amazon or, or whoever uh, as a way to be cool with the record companies and to talk about how I do a I do promos. Those are bumper promos, as they're called in talk radio. And I go above and beyond what most talk radio shows do um, on, you know, radio, analog, whatever you want to call it, digital radio, um, where I'm going to point back to the website to sell the music to, you know, help promote, help... Uh, Get people to, to, you know, if you've heard the tunes, you like the tunes, download them, listen to them. Um, so there's that, as far as the record companies are concerned. But I'm going to be using independent bands from Music Alley. If you have any songs or you know anybody, any listeners to the show that has some good music out there that I could use in this series of shows, uh, Russ at ASI247.org. Uh, the website is ASI247.org, and you can uh, send those there. I've, I've said from the beginning of the show I'm not going to sell out to any kind of religious system. Um, I'm not here to appease you, uh, whether you're a church or in a certain uh, sexual orientation or whatever you believe about yourself sexually or how you believe sexual ethics should be, should or should not look like. Um, I'm, I'm here to, to do a message. I'm here to communicate under the surface a heart-level message in this show. And um, I, I pray that when my, when my day comes and I stand before God, that your blood is not on my hands. Um, Some of the Matt Chandler said that really struck me. I have thought about taking down the early shows because I disagree with myself on some of those shows. Um, but the truth is that, you, you know, there's things you say that you can't take back. And, the, and that is so true that I, uh, I've said things that uh, some of the things I don't agree with. And, and this was me being very fresh and very early in my recovery. But at the same time, being filled with the Holy Spirit and not really totally understanding what that meant at the time. But having God see me through and out of that horrible, dark valley of sexual addiction. Um, so I leave those shows up there because they're part of my story. They're part of my journey. Um, I don't agree with all my theology. I, I don't agree with everything I've said on the show in the beginning. But it is a progression. And it shows um, a scale of progressive sanctification. I do want to go back and put little uh, blurbs at the beginning to go back in time a little bit to speak into some of the things I said 
but again, that will take time as well. Uh, I love you guys. I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. I am convinced that um, doing this show and picking up this microphone, a, a fire alarm goes off in hell somewhere. So uh, please, again, pray for me and and uh, this mission, this message of sexual integrity in the 21st century. Uh, again, if you could donate, even if you have five bucks, man, I have a, a broke college student friend who listens uh, going to going to college, doesn't have a lot of money, you know, and he gave what small amount of money he had. You know, even the amount of money it takes for you to buy lunch today, whatever you can do to push back the, the darkness, right? To push back the the thing that the, the friend that, that you may have made in this addiction, if you struggle with addiction, um, praying for you to do that. I have a, a P.O. box now. You can go to the website, asi247.org, and you can donate right from there. You can bid on the bamboo if you want a plant, uh, or you can just go to that that auction will end soon by the way this is being recorded in october of 2010 um or you can just go to the website it goes through paypal everything's secure if you don't feel comfortable with that you want to keep things anonymous or or whatever you want to do it goes through uh, when you give to asi through paypal it, it you'll get back on your credit card um digital audio project is the the name of the entity you're giving to that's the website that i have set up at the time and that's where the donations go through so uh also you can send a check to russ shaw p.o box one three three two four nine uh everett washington that's in everett e-v-e-r-e-t-t washington nine eight two oh six if you would like to send a check via snail mail uh through the post office if you feel more comfortable with that than giving um, funds online i i don't blame you um but uh, again I, i've never had a problem with paypal um, or buying anything online, but at the same time, I understand. So, again, um, this is the, the message, this is the call that I believe God has put on my heart, uh, the call that God's put on my life. Um, reading Martin Luther and, and him saying that this bondage of the will being his life's work, um, understanding why people are addicted helping point people to Jesus Christ, a Savior who's, who's better than sex, a Savior who's better than drugs, a Savior who's better than uh, psychology, if it's just surface psychology. Again, it's adding theology to psychology because there is, there is a heart-level reality. There is a, a reasoning-motivated by something deeper than your brain. You are a spiritual being pouring, being poured out all the time. You're pouring out constantly and unceasingly, always. That's what your heart does. It's called desire. And desire is changing you. It's changing all of us every single day. Now I know we said things, did things that we didn't mean And we fall back into the same patterns, same 
routine But your temper's just as bad as mine is You're the same as me When it comes to love, you're just as blinded Baby, please come back It wasn't you, baby, it was me Maybe our relationship isn't as crazy as it seems Maybe that's what happens when a tornado meets a volcano All I know is I love you too much to walk away Part of my story, um, going to church I heard a, a great emotional word picture um, my family and I, we watched Animal Planet, right? We got lots of animals. We got dogs and cats. and We have four dogs. And, uh, my daughter works at the vet clinic. Got, got a turtle and a lizard. Um, I heard this story. Uh, uh, they were talking about pit bulls. Um, I'm a pit bull, right? I mean, some of you are pit bulls. And we intimidate people. We freak people out a little bit. People are afraid to get to know us, maybe. Pitbull's not a dog with a great reputation. I'm not a guy with a great reputation. So going into a church situation was scary for me. And they were talking about on the show that Pitbull's one of the, the things about their nature, yeah, they're bred to fight, you know. Yeah, they're a little intimidating. It, some cities have laws against them. Um, they're called nanny dogs. Did you know that? It's true. They will protect and guard kids. You get them in a house with kids, they will guard and love those kids. They will sit and watch those kids like a guard dog. My wife experienced this. She was telling me about it this morning that she grew up with uh, her and her dad a pit bull and her mom and, and it, it would watch her and guard her and dote over her. It's pit bull. Um, in my city, you, you walk a pit bull without a muzzle, you could get a fine. My friend Leo, uh, he went to, uh, he said that he found a pit bull that was just wandering around his neighborhood and he was a little freaked out. Picked it up and took it in and, and uh, took it to the pound. He said it kind of freaked him out. He was had it in the back of his car or his truck and it, it was reaching over and he kind of got a little scared because it started sniffing the back of his head and he thought, oh great, this thing's going to bite me while I'm driving. And, and it reached over and it just started licking him, started licking his head. So he takes it to the pound and, the, and, and he goes, uh, so what's the deal, you know, I mean, how long does he need to take to get a home? And they said, well, if he doesn't, find, they don't get a home for him by tomorrow, we'll put him to sleep. And he said, tomorrow? Really? That fast? And the guy's like, yeah, it's a pit bull. So we don't, um, we don't mess with pit bulls. We just, we just put him, put him down. So he said, no, I'm not going to drop my dog off here. I'm not going to drop this dog that I found off here. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take it home. Love it. And he had it for, uh, a few days, a few weeks, and turned out the, the owner came by and saw it in his yard and said, hey, you found my dog, that's awesome. But but I felt like that, right? Like, you're, you're just gonna, you're not gonna take me a pound, are you? You know, it's a part of entering into community, of being socially awkward as, as I am, was slash am, on a heart level, you know, I can surface it up and be buddy-buddy with people and get people to like me pretty easy on the surface. But when it comes to someone knowing my heart, I don't, I'm afraid to go there. Just another person who's going to 
take me to the pound, right? There's another person that wants to put me down. It's like that song I played by Three Days Grace. You know, why is it so easy to find someone to look down on you? But, but Jesus loves us, and, he, and He's watching us, and He's following us, and He has a new family for you, right? I once was lost, and now I found that song, Amazing Grace. The, the light at the end of the tunnel isn't always a train, okay? Can I just tell you that? I love you guys, and there is light at the end of the tunnel. You can see past this thing, but it's getting out of the things that control you, and and seeing your enemy breaking these norms that you've created and the safe places that you feel you need to go back to. Getting around people and talking about your motivations, what drives you. Being honest with other folks that call themselves blood-bought Christians. So I, I pray you go to the website and there's a network of churches on there and within reason, you know, I, I trust these churches. Um, Acts 29 is a, a church planning network Pastor Mark helped start. Um, Pastor Mark Driscoll, you go to marshillchurch.org download some of the sermons you can meet him. Um, real, honest. Um, the Willow Creek Network. I, I don't know all the Willow Creek churches. There's a lot of them. And there's some jacked up stuff going on in every church, man. But Pastor Rick and Dan have been on the, the show. They're from that Willow Creek Network. There are real, honest people who you can get to know and who can get to know you. And, and you need them and they need you. And you may look rough around the edges, but having that heart that wants to protect and love and be there for someone who needs you. And you need them. And they're not always going to just take you to the pound and drop you off. They can love you. Another emotional word picture I wanted to share with you is a uh, is reality show. Uh, it's the, like the number one reality show right now. Number one news show. Um, it's it's a called Undercover Boss. I love this. It's so against religion. It's a great picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The God, the creator of everything. The God that who made everything. God who has these rules set up for a reason. God whose glory shines through what he's created and, and, and in the creation and God the Father who, who built everything coming into his story. This is what happens in this, this show is these CEOs of these big companies, you know, people say they're out of touch or whatever, you know, and oh, you just don't understand. So they go undercover in their own company and they work as a, as a you know, a worker bee, an underling. They clean toilets and get to know the people at the bottom of the pyramid, you know, get to know the families, get to know their stories, get to see their passions. It's a great picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the God, the creator of the universe, the God who knows the, the numbers of hairs on your head that has a star burning 15 million light years away and he keeps it at a certain temperature 
just to show us that we're loved and we're small and we have authority over us and the pit bull coming back to his owner because Leo loved him. The pit bull coming back to that, that owner who he got away from and got lost from. And that owner welcoming him back. And oh, man, I, I want that for you. I want you to feel that. There's a heart level something going on that I can't put into words. And I, and I, I want to. But I want you to feel it. I want you to know it. And I want your addictions to, to shed. progress I love every single one of you I love every single one of you that listening and I'm praying for you and I want you to pray for me because the world needs protectors the world needs pit bulls the world needs people to love them because it's it, there's too many women who just you know I like the way it hurts it just hurts and that's just the way things are no it's not and we can fight there's too many guys who are just so messed up emotionally and just pouring out into not knowing where to go like that good Charlotte song I played at the beginning of the show just this life, there's no map, there's no directions, there's no, what do I do? There is a map, there is directions, and there is a God who loves you. There's a relationship that you can build, that you can come back to an authority in your life, a good authority, an honest authority, a good wanting you to, to be, to just be. I wanted to end the show with this song author and perfecter, good authority, good authority over you, that we have a God who's, that knows our story, that loves us despite ourselves. He's not an unsympathetic father, he, he's been there, he's bled, he's hurt, he's sacrificed for the sake of love, and he knows your story, he knows you intimately. It's from bands at Mars Hill Church, author and perfecter. I love you guys. Till next time. i
perfect love Submit himself to God above Sacrifice 